Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Welcome to another episode of 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. This is Melissa Freidenberg, and today I am joined by Pearl Planning Financial Advisor, Alexa Kane. Alexa, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Alexa is our newest financial advisor and certified financial planner. She came from another Raymond James office where she was at for six years, and we're so happy to have her. This is our first podcast recording together. And today our topic is year-end tax and financial planning. So Alexa is the perfect guest to have to share her wisdom with us today. And what a crazy year it's been, 2020, huh? Yeah, it's one that I think a lot of people are excited to have behind them. I I think year-end planning has never been more exciting because everybody cannot wait for this year to end. But certainly some special circumstances with everything that's gone on. If you were to start off with the number one area to look at for year-end planning, what would that be? I would say for every year and especially 2020, I think the biggest thing to look at is your goals and reviewing your 2020 goals and setting up your goals for 2021. I don't think anybody when they sat down to their planning had any idea what was coming for 2020. You know, your goals could have been travel related, could have been savings related. People had so many changes with jobs, with a lot of people have decided that It's time for either an upgrade on a house or some remodeling needs to take place because we're doing work and school at our houses. And those are not cheap by any means. But if this is how how we're going to be working and learning in the future, it's definitely a worthwhile investment on those. So kind of just taking into account what those short, medium, long term goals may be. And keeping in mind, if you're feeling a little nervous about everything that's going on, that if your goals were 10, 15, 20 years out, they still are. So this, uh, you know, whether it's one year or two years that we're dealing with this pandemic, it doesn't change those long term. Yep. And a lot of people being out of work, either temporarily or having to find new jobs, some of the, the plans you had in place regarding savings, all of that might have you know, gone off track a little bit, but, you know, we can always get back on track or come up with a new plan because these long-term goals, we do have so much time before it's there. So uh, where you're looking for a new career or you've had to tap into your savings due to, you know, misplacement on jobs, have to sit down and say, okay, we weren't able to save what we wanted for retirement this year. How do we you know, get back on on track for retiring at 65 or 70 or whatever the, the goals you have in place were. If they didn't change, it's just making sure we're still able to 
meet those when the time comes. If anything good has come out of this, it's just kind of taking a little bit more time to reevaluate things and have a second to think, really, stuff that maybe with your commute or just a busy work schedule or after school sports and everything else with kids that you have, have some time to look at that. So that's good. Now, how do you translate the kind of evaluation of your goals into your investments? Like what should people do when they're kind of tying that in the big picture into their actual what they have and where it's at? Yeah. So the, if you're saving, it's not enough just to be saving. You need to be having your money work for you for the long term. So all of our clients use an investment policy statement, which is that mix of stocks and bonds that they're comfortable with over the long term. So you know, we saw March of this year that very steep and very quick decline. And it's easy time for people to want to change their allocation or get scared. But, you know, the course and allowing that part to rebound is really important. But also when we have times where the markets go up, we need to have those winning positions and rebalance back to the not losers but the <laughs> the positions that haven't done as well so you know when we have years like this year where there's a lot of fluctuations it's really important to stay calm but also to check in on what your investments are doing for you overall the market is up for the year as of now we are halfway through November but it's fair to say, if you really haven't looked at your investments, there's certainly a big um, difference between the winners and the losers, if you will, overall with the kind of, um, as you alluded to, the drop in the market and then the recovery, some areas of the market haven't recovered. So I think it's important this year to look back and say, you know, am I invested in funds that have recovered? Do I feel like they're positioned, you know, for, um, really just evaluating how the individual funds in your portfolio did for the year. Now, what about taxes? I know we always talk about tax loss selling this time of year. Is there any special circumstance with kind of the year that we're in with 2021? Well, we still are, you know, unsure where taxes are going to go, but there will most certainly be changes in the taxes in the future. So it's always a good idea when there are opportunities to take advantage of tax loss selling. And if you have a position in your taxable account that's at a, a loss to replace it with a similar fund in the same space and capture that book loss for your tax bill in that year. So this year with the volatility, there were some opportunities to capture losses and going forward, I'm sure we will have more. And just to be mindful of knowing do you have the taxable accounts and are there any losses that you can capture? This 2020 is a really unique year for taxes just with the waiver of required minimum distributions. A lot of people flexibility for their taxes this year and there's still a little bit of time if it makes sense to complete a Roth conversion for those people who don't have to take the RMD this year. Yeah, so let's talk about that too, because there may be people who were either furloughed or 
maybe their hours were reduced due to COVID. And so if their income has dropped this year, it may be a year if they're in a position um, where they haven't really been hurt so much financially, their tax burden for the year, if you will, might be lower than in other years. This would be an ideal year to take some IRA assets and potentially convert them to Roth IRA assets, meaning they're going to pay taxes on the distribution this year that they're converting at ordinary income tax. But then that once it's converted to a Roth, then they're not going to have to pay taxes on that income in retirement, correct? Yeah, yep. And it is, you know, a unique year for a lot of people and loss of hours, that sort of thing. If there is still flexibility in the budget to do that Roth conversion, it really could be a great tool because even though you might have had, you might have a lower income year this year, you know, things will eventually pick back up. You're helping out your future self by you know, paying the taxes now and getting that into the Roth asset for retirement. So pay the taxes now to have the tax-free asset later. And I will, what I'll do is in the show notes, I will put a link to, we have a great flow chart that shows, you know, should I consider a Roth conversion? And so I'll put that in the show notes here. And then I do want to just uh, point out that neither Alexa nor I are CPAs. So it's certainly something that you want to talk to your CPA, or if you don't have one, find a CPA to talk to before you make any of these moves, because everybody's situation is different. Good to note, and kind of on the same wavelength is people who are in contributing portion of their life. It's good every year just to take a look and say, should I be doing 401k as traditional, if they offer Roth, is it better to make my contributions Roth? Um, Because people's incomes are always changing, the tax levels are changing. So it's good to, at the end of the year, take a look at what you're doing, if it's traditional or Roth, and is there any room in your budget to increase your 401k savings? Because you know, by doing one or 2% more, it won't have a big impact on your paycheck. But over the long term, those small changes can have a big impact on your retirement picture. Yeah. And while we're on that subject of kind of just taking account of how much you've contributed to your plan through work, if you're eligible, uh, do keep in mind that while you have till December 31st for those contributions, if you have an IRA or if you are a 1099 employee and maybe you have a SEP IRA, you do have until tax filing deadline of 2021 to make contributions for 2020. So that's always something that I think people don't know and they scramble to make those contributions at the end of the year and they still have a little bit more time. So if you need some extra room in your holiday budget and you want to wait till 2021 to make those IRA contributions or SEP IRA contributions, you do still have time. But certainly in that year-end planning, worth looking at, you know, have I made a contribution? Can I make a contribution? How much am I eligible to contribute for 2020? I do want to touch on the charitable deductions in 2020, because I know there were some changes this year. You know, if people are thinking this time of year that they have, especially those of us who have been fortunate to maintain employment or do well through this, maybe wanting to make some uh, charitable contributions this year to help others that have not 
been as lucky. And since most people are taking the standard deduction now, there's always the option to look at bunching, which is taking all your charitable things in one year to get up to the itemizing level. Otherwise, you can always look at setting up a donor advised fund. When the SECURE Act was passed, it did make it much more difficult for people to itemize on their tax returns, but that doesn't mean there aren't ways to give to charity and still have a tax benefit. It just is a little more planning now. So we can definitely help people if they want to give to charity and help them make the most of that when they do. Definitely. As you mentioned, the SECURE Act, you're talking about the fact that most people are taking the standard deductions on their income taxes, whereas in the past they were able to itemize charitable donations, right? Correct. Yep. They made some changes and now it's a majority of people are taking that standard deduction, but really there are some ways we can take advantage of that charitable mindset while still saving on taxes. So a double bonus. And definitely worth noting for 2020 because of the CARES Act that if you are not one of the people who takes the itemized deduction, you can deduct up to 100% of your adjusted gross income for uh, deductions to qualified charity. So that is something that, again, you want to consult with your CPA or set up uh, an appointment with a financial planner to talk about your individual situation. But there are options to still have tax benefits for charitable giving. All right, we have reviewed our goals. We've checked our investments. We've uh, looked at our contributions to retirement plans and talked a little bit about taxes for the year. What else should we cover when we're talking about year-end planning? Before the end of the year, if you can check on your your 401ks, your IRAs, if you have life insurance, all of that stuff, just dust them off and make sure that your beneficiaries are accurate. Um, if you've had changes in your family structure, it's always good to just make sure everything that you have is going where you want it to if something happens to you. That's a good point. And actually, you know, it's always good to check at the end of the year. I know we were talking about beneficiary checks before, and, you know, it's always interesting when you do a review with our clients, we do that annually. And when you bring on a new client and you're kind of moving some accounts over, it's always interesting to find where maybe the uh, beneficiary is now an (laughs) ex-spouse. That's one of my favorite ones. That's always an interesting meeting when you hear about that. Yeah, the you never know until <laughs> until it comes up. And also along that same line is your powers of attorney, making sure those are still accurate. I know a lot of people set those documents up and you know, you have a neighbor or your child lives in town, so that's, you know, one of the reasons you selected them to be on your documents, but the relationships change. So You don't want your son to be in that capacity because they were your next door neighbor and now they're living in Seattle and that would be really hard for them to be your medical, do your medical directives that far away. So just making sure, you know, what you decided when you originally did your documents may have changed and you want to in place before you're in a situation where you need to use them. 
Right. Um, certainly something to think about in these strange times that we're in. Are your accounts labeled properly? You know, if you have children, are they taken care of if something were to happen to you? And I think now more than ever, people are unfortunately vigilant about that. And so if you've been putting it off because life is crazy and you're trying to homeschool and hold down a job and get everyone on their Zooms, even just making a list of things you want to do. I know I'm a list maker. So writing all these things down, like, hey, I, I need to you know, check the beneficiaries on this. And over the holidays, if you have some time off in your home, would be a good time to kind of bang out that checklist of everything you want to do. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I've I've heard a couple times is, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'll be dead. But really estate planning and everything around that is it's not for you. It's for the people that you care about. Even for me, you know, in this business, I feel like there are a couple of things on this checklist that I need to do my own financial, uh, you know, review for the year and definitely looking back and kind of seeing where we're at. So thank you so much, Alexa, for taking the time to kind of run through this with us. We have a webinar for 2020 for year end planning that I'm going to link in the show notes. So if you would like to get in a little bit uh, more detail on this year end planning and some specific ideas, please click that link. And I'm also going to put a link to Alexa's bio. So if you want to check her out or set up a time to do a phone or a Zoom uh, introductory meeting with Alexa, you can do that also by clicking in the show notes below. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.